this is Jason Horton, everybody. If you didn't know, um, he he's got a great resume, dude. You you're uh, a comedian, an actor. You, you do YouTube. You've been on Comedy Central, mm -hmm. the History Channel, and I saw your YouTube before you got here. And you, uh, it's interesting what you make, man. Like paranormal stuff. You never really talk about, this, or I haven't heard you talk about this stuff. So YouTube was my, I guess my job and personality at one point, you know, because I was doing uh, improv. I was so ingrained in improv uh, in, in, in Los Angeles and, and still am. And then I, you know, through connections, I started doing YouTube in like 2009, 2010, where like it was kind of sketch comedy and, mm -hmm. and, and uh, worked with a group of people. We had this uh, part of this collective almost uh, called Totally Sketch. And it was like, it changed my whole world. It really, it, it's like I was in video, I mean, I, I was, I had somebody kind of assess how many video views I was in across all platforms and it was over a billion. What? So there was a point where like people would, re they didn't know why they were, it was like that character actor you see, like I know this person, he's in a lot of things but I don't know his name. Uh, that was me because they always needed like a dad or a teacher or like a dork and it, it was a lot of them that people were young so it's like, why, why do we have like a 19 year old person playing a dad when we can have this 30 something year old and uh by the time like 2010 came like i haven't had like a job job briefly for like seven or eight months that i can get into is like a, a pretty dark turn but since 2010 i've not had like a job job and i haven't had to and a Good lot of you. it is thanks to the world of youtube i mean i traveled i you know wow. do branded stuff i drove like a ford for a year did some like jimmy kimmel and it was all all that stuff came from, um, you know, improv because I learned the skills and that's how I learned how to act. I had no acting training. And then the, uh, you know, you've, you've, you've been in videos with a lot of views, like viral videos. And a lot of it was like awkward dating, sex, um, similar to kind of what you, it's it, all of extension, what you might see. Mm -hmm. You know, we do, we do mics and stuff like right. that. And it really was an amazing, opened up a whole new world for me. Uh, but there's people that are so popular that I was enough where I could make money but also not be on the radar too much, uh, where you get scrutinized too much. Not that I was doing mm. anything, whatever. But I, so I was, and I was also a little older. So in my, by the time I moved to Los Angeles, my personality was somewhat formed. Where I think at that time, some people like I moved here when I'm 19 or 20, which I think is great. Or, but they're still f finding their personality and their thing. And I already found that, so I can kind of, I kind of realized I was like, I'm a little bit older. I don't have time to like screw around. Uh, so mm -hmm. I kind of assessed that and I was like, how can I leverage all this YouTube stuff uh, for me? And you know, that kind of ended in 20, <laughs> ended in 2016 as YouTube changed and what was, you know, what was popular on there and it was very expensive to create sketches. Mm -hmm. uh, we did interactive videos. That was a popular thing, like choose your own adventure. Uh, and a lot of, you know, it was like you know, sexy kind of, but in me is like, I'm a dork and, uh, uh, and that kind of changed. Like I wasn't really into doing that that much. I mean, unless it was like I was auditioning for it or something like that. So, yeah, just a lot changed, yeah. and and it's just yeah, tons of pivoting, uh, tons of pivoting since then. Okay. Do you think that was an advantage for you to start? Uh, I guess your entertainment career later than rather than younger. Yes, in the way that I I knew myself really well. Um, no, in the sense that I feel like if you're sometimes if you're younger, you have a more fearless. Um, you don't know what you don't know. So you have uh, maybe a, a, I don't know, it's like an, not an ego, but like you have this thing. Almost reckless. A little bit. And I was like, I'm already at this 
point, maybe my brain can't absorb things. Uh, uh, my The brain isn't as supple as when you're older. Like going back to school, it's like I'm more organized and more structured, but can my brain absorb things as much? So yes and no. I mean, I always wish I was younger. I mean, I yeah. always, yeah. always, always wish I was younger. And I'm reminded of that uh, pretty much every day in Los Angeles when I do uh, anything. <laughs> Give me one second. Let me yep. see if I'm rolling this camera because I haven't done that before. Okay, cool. We're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so how, how old were you then when you started doing the YouTube stuff and getting into... Probably when I started doing the YouTube stuff, like in a real way, probably 31? No kidding. 30, 31, yeah, 31. And, you know, you think like, oh, YouTube's always been there. But in 2010, it was only out for a couple of years. It wasn't what it is now. It wasn't, you know, the second biggest search engine. And right. people were, st you know, when they call it the Wild West now... It's not as I don't think it's as wild as, or as west as as it was, but in two thousand nine, two thousand ten, because I would meet people that were really popular, and they have a video like I ate a cheeseburger. Right. And I was like, why does this have three million views? Yeah. I'm I'm like performing, you know, improv, you know, improv to like you know twenty people. It's the same way like like a stand up show would be, and I was like, and you have this huge audience with this like, you know, sort of inane content, but also it's like. Different people like different things. A lot of it's for like younger kids were really entertained uh, by a lot of these YouTubers. Um, you know, some that you see now that if you know that they, sometimes they end up kind of in the bad press and, and stuff like that, and in, in you know later days and stuff. And some kind of still do it. They go by the wayside or they're still thriving in it. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I, I was even like that. I was like, "What is this?" And if I was maybe younger, I wouldn't be like, "What is this?" I'd be like, "This is cool. Let's do this." But me, I was just like, "What's going on?" And how do I make this work? for me because you know the clock the clock is always ticking so <clears throat> you, how did you get into like paranormal stuff because like you said you started mm -hmm. with sketches and improv and then you kind of went this route where you're talking about paranormal stuff murder mysteries mm -hmm. and stuff like that which i love dude i okay. love murder mysteries uh i got into it because i love cash <laughs> i love the almighty dollar um no i i uh I've been podcasting for a long time. Mm. I podcast m much like this, talking to people, like finding out, like what what makes you like you know, like what do you do? And because people people love that stuff, mm -hmm. and so I did that for a while. And then uh, my producing partner and I, Rebecca, who I've known for, we've been writing together, and you know, because we because of YouTube, I was like, I got like you know, rep by big representation, and 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 all these things that I kind of let like just they work and they don't work anymore. But we've worked together for so long, and she's really into like into that. Like she gave like haunted tours, and oh, wow. you know the true crime stuff is very interesting. I love I love a mystery, but my interest was kind of the uh, weird history, like stuff you don't learn about. I was like I didn't know that that happened in 1985, mm. uh, and dark history and dark Los Angeles history. So we kind of was like let's let's do a podcast, but let's start. Let let's not just let's just do a podcast. Like let's go in front loaded with something we're interested in something uh, that we won't run out of content because if it's just haunted or if it's just true crime, you might find yourself spinning your wheels, but let's keep it in the world of, of you know, the world of what we're talking about. And then we made in uh, 2018 the podcast Ghost Town, which we're still doing two episodes a week, every single week for nice. five years. And that also opened a whole bunch of doors uh, for one time we were rep by like WME, which is like a what? huge, and they reached yeah. out to us, which is weird. And then we had some development stuff and I, I got a publishing, uh, book publishing deal out of it. So I published two books about, um, uh, 
like historic Los Angeles, like dark Los Angeles, no uh, abandoned Los Angeles. Yes. So it, it, we just went into it going like, let's go into it and have all our ducks in a row. So we're not like, oh, it's episode like 19. We're out of gas. Let's go uh, into it. So, so and also a lot of pre-planning then. A ton of, it was like, I'm not going to just going to get in and do another podcast and not I don't, we're going to take everything we've learned over time, but also have a genuine interest. It, you know, it's right. I mean, I see some people and that's fine. Like, you know, some people are like, ah, oh, we we're just talking to celebrities about, you know, reality shows. Let's just talk about a true crime because it's popular. And I get that. And that is part of the reason that, you know, at that time that we kind of got in, into it because people wanted to hear it and they're willing to hear a true crime story from 10 different people. It doesn't matter or a haunt mm. or, or a weird history or an abandoned mall. Uh, which was kind of like my the thing I, I was into the most, and then we just no kind way. of put it all together, and um, the consistency really uh, it's really paid off because right. there's you know it's not, it doesn't make a ton of money, but it, it is revenue. You know, right. we, we've done some pretty cool things, and uh, we've gotten uh, it opened up a lot of doors. We've gotten a lot of uh, we have, you, know, you know TV development deals and stuff like. Obviously, right now it's you know yeah, put a lot true. of brakes on it. Um, and my writing partner and I were also we sold the we sold a rom com so we just were like we both like rom coms but we know that like people you know they churn those out right and frankly we were like oh we like writing together we can write a rom com and then yeah we we've been pitching them around and then uh, yeah then we sold one and That's that might not have happened if we weren't working together. Uh, on the podcast and other stuff. That's so wild to see that happen because everyone, they always say, stay within your niche. You know what I mean? And mm. going from paranormal stuff to rom-com. Yeah, we keep that really, it's kept really separate, but I think us working together and the value of like writing together and creating and like what's, you know, what are we talking about this with the podcast? And she's a, you know, she's a like a big time producer on stuff on Netflix and stuff like that. So she's oh, wow. got ba backgrounds. Got I got a, a, you know, I used to consult, you know, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, no was musically. Yeah. My background was like managing, like, and consulting on social media. And then I would manage like some really big YouTube channels for a short amount of time. Right before I got into stand up, uh, what know, the hell? I had no idea. Yeah. I don't know if you saw my post. I was asking for like a who who's like a social media manager that wanted to come on the podcast. Oh, That's wild. Uh, yeah, this I, just worked out perfectly. I mean, I don't do it officially anymore, but mm -hmm. I still do a little bit of um, consulting stuff like that. I just haven't kept up on the change a lot. I'll, I keep up on the changes for me, mm -hmm. but I haven't kept up on them the most. But staying in your niche is really good because people want to know what they're getting. You know, they don't want Monday for you to talk about. Uh, basketball and tuesday you're talking about world war ii and then wednesday you're talking about a weird itch you have um unless they're really invested in you okay. if they're invested in you and right. you are the, the center of it you can talk about whatever you want and you'll get to that point but people really that's why you know people really want to know what they're getting themselves into and they want that consistency and you can you know people want to do that they're like oh i'm getting some things maybe they want to hear about this Maybe, or maybe they don't. Right. Um, maybe they don't yet. So I think within a niche, but also don't run out of stuff to talk about. If you only talked to, um, let's just say, uh, stand-up comedians that were over six feet tall and uh, uh, you know under 25, you might have a very limited podcast right <laughs> yeah. but you open it to any old you know um you know any old aging uh person that uh kind of just wanders by uh your place okay so it, well what would your advice then because i just started this podcast about three months ago mm -hmm. obviously consistency is the number one mm -hmm. thing um are there any other like tips you can give me to like kind of how i could grow it 
Well, I think, you know, what you're doing, because one, you are in it. Mm-hmm. You're not like an, you know, sometimes where people are, you know, or they're, they're interviewers. They're just like, I just like talking to people, I like interviewing people, but they have no context. But you have that context, which I think is brings an interesting perspective in it. And you care. And you're not just like, I need humans to talk to. Right. Like, I, you care about what they do and, you know, you want to relate in that way. And I think that's great in, in what you're doing. And then the thing is, you know, sometimes you see like what things are really hitting, like, Oh, I don't, you know, if you analytics, I'm like a huge analytics Mm, person, huge analytics, get off on analytics. (laughs) Uh, and that's, was my specialty, especially with YouTube. Like I was a back, like back end channel manager. What, what you thumbnail hit, what thumbnail is going to get the most clicks Mm -hmm. and the psychology, Mm -hmm. you know, I took a little, I mean, I dropped out of five community college, but I took a lot of psychology. So the psychology of social media and what gets people at, gets people's attention is a lot of what's going on. It's a, there's a manipulation, but not, I don't mean that in a bad right, way. Yeah. You know, anything we do, you do up through stand up, we're being manipulative. Very true. If not, we would just tell boring stories. Very true. Right. So we're being like, I'm going to, this is going to be, I'm going to set this up. There's going to be a thing. And then there's going to be a punchline. That's manipulating the audience to laugh. Right. That's not a bad thing. And I think you looking at your analytics and going, huh, either when I post on Wednesdays, it's big. Does that change my schedule? Or when I talk to perhaps a uh, you know a, a comedian, a, a, a female comedian, mm. does that you know does that tip the scale? Right. Uh, are people dropping off at a certain point? You got to you see those drop off points, yeah. and maybe it's like maybe this podcast because if you're on YouTube, it's there's a you know the watch time right, yeah. and things drop off. I'm just comparing it to that. Mm-hmm. What you and you see it's always the same time. Maybe what you want to do is maybe you want to shorten that so they're staying for as much that's what they want. That's what everybody wants is for you to be on their thing the long. I don't care if it's TikTok or Instagram Reels, uh you know, podcasting might be a little bit different, right. but if you can find those analytics or where people are from, I just study those and see what trends there are. Okay. And you know, sometimes you can't chase them to death, but you can maybe lean into those a little bit depending on if you see something that's very, very stark. Okay. Would you recommend me kind of like instead of posting the whole podcast and then doing shorts, maybe doing like five minute clips of the podcast? Like on on YouTube. I mean, if you're hitting shorts, I think is it sixty seconds? Sixty seconds, yeah. Yeah. So I would keep that because okay what's good about it shorts, the game of, was what i heard yeah the shorts what's good about shorts and what's great about tiktok is you don't need to have a lot of subscribers you can be an absolute nobody and it there's a meritocracy i think is what i'm thinking of where you can put up one video get five million views and never put up another video again and that could be it and then you put up your next video and get a hundred views and it's really based on you know the way tiktok works is the algorithm they they yeah they'll serve it to X amount of people. If those X amount of people are engaging with it for a amount of time, sharing it, responding, then they're like, let's hit let's hit up a couple more hundred people. Oh, there, it's working for them. How about a couple more hundred people? Mm. And then they're sharing it. So they're kind of like, are you interested? They're not going to show it to 10,000 people to find out they don't like it. They're going to show it to 200 people to find out. And if you watch any of those you know, uh, mm-hmm. social media gurus, they're all saying the same thing. Okay. Their job is, yeah. and they have all, they have value, but their job is not, their job is to you to watch more of their videos. Right. That's how they make. Oh, I see. What you that's mean. how yeah, they make I money. See what you mean. But you know, finding like those things and being like, what is what is working? But podcasting on YouTube, I know they keep trying to get in. You know, in in that game. I think, uh, yeah, people love 
like watching them. Uh, and I've listened to a podcast on YouTube too. So there's like really no loss and it's the second biggest search engine. Right. And somebody, in case anyone is searching me, it's like, what happened to that dude? Is he dead, Jason Horton? But maybe if you want at least the opportunity to be you, this your podcast that that um, that I'm on, mm -hmm. just for for example. So you don't want to leave any money on the table uh, in, in that sense. Okay, I see. Um, let's pivot here to comedy. Yeah. You, uh, <laughs> did when did you start? Like, did you come to LA wanting to start comedy, or was it acting that you were more and and, and improv? It. I didn't even barely knew about improv before I moved here. I just wanted to get out of New York and get a regular job and be near the ocean and uh, just be somewhere else. I mean, I just grew up, you know, you grew up watching TV mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, Beverly Hills 90210, yeah. if not the newer one, the old one. Um, <laughs> and things like that. And you're like, that seems so cool. And I, you know, like, I love like, grew up you know, going to punk shows and hardcore and stuff like that. And there's like the California bands and they just kind of painted like a picture that like, I was like, I want to like see what this is like uh, out here. But no, I had no, I always was like, yeah, I would like to do this. And, you know, I did some stand-in work in New York just to make, just to make money. So I always wanted to, I did some high school theater, but no, I had no, um, I kind of like found it and like fell in love with it uh, strictly by accident. I wasn't like chasing it down until I was chasing it down. Um, Tell yeah. me about that, though, how you accidentally found comedy. Well, so, I, you know, like I said, I went to that improv show, and I was just like, you know, all it takes is somebody yeah. to say, like, you can do this. It's and true. I think, I don't know, like the earliest time somebody said that I was funny, and, I, you know, I, was, I wasn't uh, the, the hot, cool guy in school at any point. I know, it's very difficult to believe. I'm um, not just saying that just for a bit. Uh, but uh, when I was like, I don't know, maybe I was like 10 or 11 or 12, a popular guy in, I don't know what grade I was in, sixth, seventh, mm -hmm. eighth, maybe, maybe eighth grade, let's say eighth grade. So back in the 1940s, um, <laughs> he said, he's like, you're funny, but just so you know, I'm Eddie Murphy and you're Richard Pryor. And I thought, Number one, thank you for telling me I'm funny. Like he let me know that like I'm funny, and everyone to know go this guy's funny. But I was like, I mean, I think I'm getting the better end of the deal. I loved Richard Pryor, and not in the way like oh I loved his you know I really got his stand up at a young age. I know everyone's when they're just like oh when I came out of the womb I was listening to Steve Martin and right, George yeah. Carlin. That's like no you weren't you Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or whatever it is you were doing, and then you found it later. You don't have to change your narrative. That's a separate thing. Uh, yeah. But. But I was, you know, I watched those '80s movies like Brewster's Millions and The Toy, and I was like, I was like, I love Richard Pryor scene with Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, man. And I think what I really gravitated for is gravitated to rather is I would look at them. I was like, they seem so sad. Like they're they. See, I know they're it's comedy. I know it's funny, but their eyes are so sad. I think it takes somebody. It takes like a kid that has no, is not thinking about what's cool. His head isn't filled with ego and stuff like that. That's why little kids will play, right? Right. Because they're not thinking of, oh, I don't look cool playing, you know, whatever. Oh, I see. And and I think there was a lot of that to me. And there's no internet to like cross check or like proofread or fact check. So for me, I was just like, they they seem so sad in you know in the eye and Richard Pryor and Rodney Dangerfield in a way it was like you know pretty dark pretty dark characters. But I was like, oh, I, I really kind of gravitate to these 80s movies that featured stand-up comedians, which was a lot of them. And even Eddie Murphy, I was never like a huge fan of. He's a really good actor, I mm -hmm. think, especially in Beverly Hills Cop. And he is fun. He's funny. Mm -hmm. He's funny. What am I going to say? But he wasn't my guy. And right. he, at that time, he was everyone's. And I was like, 
Richard Pryor and and like Rodney Dangerfield, like that's where they're at. And then I'd watch um, HBO specials like mm. Andrew Dice Clay. Thought he was so yeah, cool, and he's still so relevant. But I was like, I loved that kind of eighties H whatever they gave me. It was like Dennis Miller. I didn't understand what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and so I was really into that. And then the thing comedy wise that really I think resonated with me was MTV's of the state. I don't remember that. No. Okay. So MT this is like early nineties. Uh and you know, now they're kind of retouring again and and uh David Wayne. You ever see Wet Hot American Summer? Is that yeah, yeah, yeah. About? oh yeah, oh yeah. It's that that crew. Okay. That that okay. crew. Uh uh so I would go to see tapings of the state at NYU. It was on MTV, and I was like, this sketch comedy, what they think is funny, it's like a little absurd, like a little surreal, uh, a little kind of anti. I, I don't know how, how to describe it in a way people are like that's not true um but I was in love with the state and and then there was a show called Stella that was on they had these shorts uh, these Stella shorts that were like you know pretty kind of I don't know they were just very very indie and then like people like Bradley Cooper would was you know doing sketches no with them looking I'm telling you if that's look wild. into Stella shorts and then the Stella the the TV show on Comedy Central that didn't didn't really last very long um but any of those you know a lot of like uh, Michael Showalter directs a lot of big movies like David yeah. Wayne and you, you, Role Models is another movie I Okay yeah that's a good one it, so it's the people like kind of directing that in in those movies um in in, in that we've seen Party Down I haven't uh, seen Party Down now. Check up, check up um, uh, your party. It, so it's just a lot of those people have kind of infiltrated. You'll recognize them, but that was something where I was like, I want to do this. So I tried making these VHS tapes. We make like parodies of the movie Scream or something like that. But people were calling me and they were like, Are you home alone? I hear you're really fat. And it's like, How do you know? It's like, I'm watching you eat right now. So it's just like me, like being like a fat so eating. Like it was that kind of stuff that we'd make with like VHS tapes and like huge cameras. But no internet to put it on. It was just for us to watch. Wow. Uh, to be uh, to be idiots. And then, um, so when I, you know, I, I had that stuff, but I wasn't going to do anything with it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do with it. The, there was no internet to tell me what to do with yeah. it, really at, really, at the time. But I was always an early adopter of, of like email. Like when email came out, I was like, this is amazing. Chat groups, <laughs> chat rooms. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like AOL chat. Yep. It was Messenger. Uh, it was, AOL yeah. Messenger. Yeah. I was just like, I'm talking to girls, I think. I think. <laughs> I think I'm talking to girls uh, on this AOL <laughs> chat, but I was like, this is this is like amazing. And so I was an early, uh, I think for my age, I was an early adopter of all that stuff. And I think if anything makes me unique is I was a little older, but I wasn't like, well, what is this internet? You know what I mean? Like, what is this internet when in, like in my 40s or whatever? I was like, I knew exactly what it was and I embraced it right away. I wasn't like, I don't like change. You know, things were better back back in my day. No, they mm-hmm. weren't. Some things, but most of them no. Progress is progress is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree because that's where I. That's kind of why I started this comedy and this mm-hmm. podcast, man. Is because I just saw kind of the world going towards this digital world. And why you like why fight it, which I think a lot of people do on the internet. Mm-hmm. They're like, why don't you get off your phones and go play outside? I was like, you're on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> why don't you go play outside? Also, I'm going to rant for one second. Go ahead, good. Uh, you can cut this out. Um, com- there's comedians, and listen, they are funny and they're entertaining, and they have value, and there's people that like them. But when the shtick is, and you're like, you're like a 45 to like 52 year old man, and you're like, I don't understand the internet. What's with this internet? I was like, you know, it's been around just as long, half of the time you've been alive. Don't act like you don't know what. And I know it's a bit. I know it's a bit, and it's an exaggeration. There's people in the audience that are younger, and it's like you used. Google Maps to get here. You Instagram that you were coming. You got your tickets on a thing. You told people, you know what I mean? Like you 
text message somebody. Mm-hmm. Don't sit here and pretend like you don't know what the internet is. I know yeah. it's a bit, but it's just like, hey, what is with these emojis? I was like, the emojis have been around for like 20 years now. <laughs> stop. It's stop lying. Stop lying uh, to people. But I also, I understand they're entertaining and, and there's an audience that likes them. And they are, they're, it's very funny people saying it and, and I get it, but it's also, that's just like kind of like a, a rant. It's like, you're too, millennials are 40. You know, it's like, oh, these millennials. Jeez, that's true. Millennials, they're ruining everything. They're 40. They're, that's why true. are you, there's just, it's like this thing where if like, I'm older and the world's changing and that scares me. And the only thing I can do to hold on to it is to say how much I don't like it and how bad it is. And that's the only, this is my last gasp uh, of, of back when, you know, I want to feel like it was when I was younger because Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like the world's changing and and I don't see a reflection of me in it. Um, And I get that a little bit. Totally. There's some things where I'm like, I like, I love architecture. I love, you know, mid-century modern and all stuff from before I was born. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a a huge fascination of mine. But I I was like, I understand like things can't all, I hope, you know, it's preserved, but I was like, I don't get mad at the world when things are changing. Um, So that's just my little rant. What was your first open mic? <laughs> my first open mic was uh, I was at a job where I was uh, ch- you know, channel managing, working a corporate job, watching other people. Oh, you were doing what I was doing. And it, and and I liked the job and it wasn't their fault, but there was a lot of – I also was – it was you know at a point where midlife crisis full-blown is starting to hit. So I'm like 45 – I don't know what I'm – 45 That's when you started? Something. Yeah, 45. Wow. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get back into podcasting and I'm going to give stand up a try because for years people were like, when can I see you do stand up? Because I look like somebody who did stand up. I see. Right? I look wow. like, and I did improv. And I was like, oh, I, I was like, I don't do stand up. That's true. Not in a snobby way, but I was like, I don't do, I work with other, I don't want to be the center. You know, even when I did YouTube, I was like, I'm part of a thing. I don't want to be the center of it. Uh, I want to just be a small part of something really great. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to, try it and then i did it uh, i forget the name of the place i forget where it was at i re- it's not there anymore that was probably like late 2017 okay. and i i i, I could have blacked out i don't know what i was saying i talk really fast in general and i mean when i in my early days i i can do a five minute set in two and a half minutes easy Jeez, i could dude. burn through because i'm so scared of leaving any breath for people to not laugh or not have a good time. I was like, I'll, 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 like, hey, let's have a conversation. I'll just keep switching subjects. I don't want to bore you. I'm so sorry. So that's kind of uh, how I was. But I remember doing like, I did a hundred open mics in a pretty short amount of time. I was like, I'm too old. I don't have yeah, time. Right. I don't have time. I don't have 10 years right. to begin to get okay at this. I don't have the time. So I did that. And then um, I really enjoyed it. I feel like I, I, my improv background didn't help in a sense of like, I'm good at stand-up, but it, I had a little bit of a stage presence, and also I could switch gears very easily. I could improvise, and uh, and then the uh, pandemic happened, and then I was like, I'm not doing, I'm not doing Zoom. I'm not to sound like an old. I was like, I'm not doing Zoom open mics, mm-hmm. just not for me. Uh, and then when things started coming back, I was like, I also. I don't want to hear. I know it's all going to be all be like vaccines, yeah, stuff, true. all this so stuff, and I just I don't want to spend my time and money yeah. when it's all over the internet. I don't want to hear people's. I don't even want to hear their good takes. I don't want to hear good takes, bad takes. And then there was a point, so I did it for like two and a half years. About then I took two and a half years off, which is really good when you're trying to you know do get good at something and then got back into it maybe like a year and a half ago so it's probably been like a like a three and a half year total that i've been i've that i've been doing it okay that's awesome dude good for you and 
so obviously, like we said, we didn't want to just hear people's opinions. And during that time, mm. when you came back, I mean, obviously, it's still kind of there, sprinkled every now mm. and then. You know what I mean? Um, how like so? How did you kind of like approach that? I guess like in in terms of what you had to say, because I'm pretty sure, like again, like I said, coming back from that, everyone had their opinion on it. Did you stay just kind of stray away from that? I uh, I really, I mean, of course, you know. The world changed a little bit. I changed a little bit. And I think mm. I was kind of at a point where I was like, I don't want to turn 50 and be like, I should get my act together, like my health or my, you know, whatever it may be. So I was like, I want to be like when I turn 50, like I want to be like as optimal as I possibly can be. And I think with stand up, I had that thing where I kind of reevaluated a lot of things and I still kept the humor is basically the same, but I really worked on slowing down, which yeah. is something I've worked on since I moved to California, like I just intend, if I get around my family, we speak really fast, have a weird like New Jersey drawl, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where I was like, say draw instead of drawer. Mm -hmm. um, and and those were things that I, I worked on. So a lot of it was, yeah, the jokes are sort of the same, but it was really the way I was kind of presenting myself. And, you know, I'm an exaggerated, I, I perform as an exaggerated version of myself, but it is me. It's the same thing I've done for the last 20 years. It's just, this is, this version of it and I'm still always kind of searching for that. Like for example, like you know, like you said you were only doing I remember I asked you once it probably was a month or more ago and you said you're only doing it a few months. Mm -hmm. Right. But you your uh your stage presence has a very um ground like a grounded where and and kind of like it, it's just in a good grounded way which is something I've always looked for but never found as long as I've been doing it. So when you said you did it for a few months, I was like without hearing any jokes you look like you have been comfortable doing it for 10 years it's just that thing that i've never found so i wanted to, to well, let thank you, you dude. Yeah, seriously yeah. thank and, you but i know you're you're putting the work in and making your right. own discoveries but you have a very i don't you just have a very like grounded centered way to be like i'm here in this way and i could just deliver my stuff without too much noise or mess or like where i'm a little but i'm also using that but the version of me now was way more frenetic before. It was mm. way more frenetic. And, you know, I just was in San Diego and I did um, four, four shows there. Yeah, dude, congratulations. That's awesome. It was dude. amazing. It's That's a change. A huge change happened just over the weekend. No kidding. You Tell might me not about notice it. it. You might not notice <laughs> it from talking to me here. It's like, dude, you still seem like a uh, weirdo. Um, I performed in front of people mm -hmm. have you ever done that in front of <laughs> that are not on their phones that are just not other comedians have you ever tried have you ever tried that also i performed in europe too no kidding yeah in europe um i performed in uh, berlin and then prague and then and they uh, understood you it was uh yeah it was mostly english speaking prague okay. was a little bit rough but that's also something that i i did uh and then when i go to like philadelphia uh because my my brother lives there i would just just be like, can I do a show? And I think you know, they look at your Instagram, they're like, oh, you seem like a... And plus, who cares? You know what I mean? They're yeah. like, whatever, you're, f you're just a regular person. Um, so I I took a lot of chances and risks in other environments uh, along the way, even, even when I was just like, oh, I'm not really confident in this. So the more I did that, the more I did things that made me uncomfortable, especially at mm. an age where like, I just want to... It's self-preservation. I just want to... Just don't want to put myself out there too much uh, and have people look at me and be like, "Oh, look, look at this guy! You're too old. Come on." Well, dude, dude I appreciate that about you, though, man. Because mm -hmm. you know, you, people hit a certain age and they're mm -hmm. just like, throw everything out, 
that's new out yeah. the window. You know what I mean? Especially stand up, bro. Or they they hold on to their old things, right? And be like, it's still 1997, yeah. Yeah, right? right? And right. I'm like, it's not. Yeah. I mean, it's not. Uh, yep. Some things are, but mostly not. What, what do you think that is about you that allows you to do something like that? Is it just the egos out of the way? What is it? I think it's also getting a little bit of a late start. Mm-hmm. in it um i had no there wasn't a thing where i was like i remember me and the guys would say whatever we wanted about women and you know there's listen some things that are fun i love anthony jeselnik like which yeah, is dude, not he's great dude. which you would not if on paper you'd think i would not like i love anthony but he's so good at doing a specific thing that's not right. really he's not really commenting on any you know what i mean but but i so i do like that stuff that's normally kind of like not you know PC or whatever, um, but it has to I don't it has to be like really smart and really genuine and good and not just like a bunch of hateful, horrible. Th- you just want to sound tough and cool like yeah. oh, that was it with this chick and I was yeah. like no you weren't yeah. I can right, I know you weren't um, that I can look in your eyes and I can say no you weren't um, uh, somewhere I mean somewhere I don't know uh, but in San so San Diego I used to live in San Diego right yeah I mentioned. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't been down there in in a while, and it was weird being down there because I think I had in my mind like this time capsule of like mm. of this really great thing, and I hadn't been there in like nine years. And before that, I did some improv, and but I was there and back. I was there by myself, you know, for two days at a at a very swanky Motel Six, um, and <laughs> swanky, uh, it's very swanky. Uh, I mean, I just eat M and M's right off my stomach for dinner, like <laughs> I like love a it. real real rock star uh, style. Uh, and I think I was there, and I was like, "Wow!" Like the ghost, like the like the ghost of when I lived there, and it just ended in a very tumultuous way. And it was a very, kind of a dark time for me. That's part of the reason I was like, "I got to get out of San Diego." Uh, and but you know, performing in front of like the first show, the eight o'clock was sold out. You know, it was like one hundred and fifty. Were you headlining? No, okay. No, there was, okay. was a really great, uh, really um, some really great headliner, which I learned a lot from. Just wa- you know, watching and not in a way where you're sometimes you're watching people just to be like, I want to be entertained. But when you're there doing a show with them, like you watch and you're just like, oh, oh, right, yeah. Now I see why you're the head. Like, like I know why you are good at what you do. Um, but performing in front of like a sold out crowd, the eight o'clock one, on you'd think there's so many people there. We all had to work to get. They were so tight. You no know, what kidding. I mean? we all had to work to get people. To, they did, but they were almost like we need permission. I don't know. Probably more experienced comedians that perform in front of you know tour and perform in front of a lot of people. Sometimes have crowds that are just like that. Mm-hmm. And then the ten o'clock show was like a little bit looser, but almost those two shows was me warming up. And I talked a lot about being from San Diego, so I. Oh, had, that I, helps. I think it. I yeah. think it did a little bit because it was a, a very sincere, a genuine thing I was putting out there. Very excited to be back instead of just being like excited to be in San Diego when normally it's like, mm, am I really? San Diego? Yeah. San Diego is wonderful, by the way. But it you is. know, some people might not be excited to be there. Uh, but I actually was. And then the Saturday shows. I mean, the Saturday eight o'clock one, probably the best, the best I've felt and probably the best I've done because they're getting the opportunity. You know most comedians know this to do 10 minutes um four times in a weekend in front wow. of you know like, even the small show had 60 70 people that was the small show, and it's still full it's just they're just not it's not full on the side so you have a full people in front of you uh and then just realizing that like i don't need to speak every two seconds i can hold for this laugh i don't need to go to the to the to the next joke and i actually right. worked on things from the last two nights that when I brought him there, uh, like I w- 
did them for the first time on stage, I was like, let me try this out here. I feel like it could work. And I really, uh, I really learned a lot a lot from that, you know, little dealing with with crowd in a good way. They were really, really great. But probably for me, it's like usually like, you know, five minutes, it's five minutes, mm-hmm. a couple yeah. times, seven minutes or whatever. Yeah. And it is, it's not in front of, and sometimes you don't feel like the stakes are high. You're just like, let me just get through my seven minutes. Right. I want to yep. get all my jokes checked off. But Agreed. for me, it's like, I, I want to perform. That's my, th- I'm not, I like kind of saying what I think is funny and interesting, and I hope other people do too. But like, I want to ha- people to have a good time. I want to perform, and you know, sometimes when I do open mics, I'm like, oh man, I was like, I feel bad. I'm like, I'm like the unskippable YouTube commercial that you can't skip, and I'm that, and like people are just waiting to get to the ne- see the ne- next person. I'm just like in the way, so I have a very like, oh, I I know, I know, I'm sorry that I'm <laughs> Don't do that, that. I, but that you know, and I kind of use that a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, just being on that stage for ten minutes. It was just like a real, when people talk about a little bit of an out-of-body experience, I had that and I wasn't expecting it because Friday night, I thought I was like, okay, get up there, give me your best stuff and really work. There was no, people were just really, really uh, into it. And no, I was uh, not the headliner and I think uh, they had like a, you know, a 15 minute, I was, there was a 15 minute or another, a half hour, mm-hmm. but maybe sight unseen, you might think that I was at least the 15 minute even though they were all, they were also very, you know, they have Comedy Central specials and right. they have late night stuff, and they're they're great and they're polished and they do it in a way that's effort, effortless and carefree, at least in my eyes. But you might think for a second on that Saturday eight o'clock, you're like, I think this guy was one of the, you know, one one of them. But Good in my you. mind, I was like, this is very very new for me, and it changed. I feel like this is a a turn, like a real turning point, because you don't know if you. You don't know. Yeah. You can say theoretically I can be up there. Like, what if it was a half hour? Right. It would not be good. It would <laughs> be it would be not uh good. I'd be like, which one do you want to hear again? Um, I do you want to hear again? I don't know which one you want to hear again. But I could you could see I can talk for 30 minutes uh at least. So I think that was like a really great learning experience for me. And and um, you were able to like breathe and stuff like that and like let let the let the jokes just kind of sink in. I mean, I was sitting in a chair at one point, which I never do. I, wow. I, when people, you know, they sit, I'm yeah. like, how do you, you're so cool. You just sit down and you're yeah. just like leaning back. I can't do that. I'm very, you know, I have terrible posture, which I'm always working on. Mm-hmm. So I really wish I was like that, but I was able to like sit down and like I did like a bit that involved me sitting in, in a, in a chair. Uh, I'm not going to reveal it. That'll be for an Instagram reel. I don't want to ruin. <laughs> I don't have that many jokes. Also a thing about me is that, um, I, you know, I don't go to a lot of open, open mics because I'm always working on performance and redoing my jokes. And I feel like if I see the same people and they see me do the same yeah. thing, I know they don't care. Yeah. I know they're, they don't care. Right. Um, and I know they're just like, you know, they don't care. They're, it's not a negative. They don't, don't care. Why? And why should they? And I wouldn't care if someone else did. But for me, I feel like I'm boring people mm. and I'm too self-conscious. That's why you always see me at an improv mic where uh, like a coward, I can just take everyone's stuff and then I could perform at the end and do my own five minute set based on what everyone else says. Uh, but wow. that helps me. That helps me. Right, yeah. Because sometimes, you know, uh, if you don't have stuff and you go up there, it's like, well, what are the other people saying that really stuck with me? Right. I did it a little bit in San Diego, just like one thing that this one girl s- said, but mostly it was just like, just stuff that I had with a little bit little bit of pivots and a little bit that I learned the night before but uh yeah, it was a really really great experience and it was like the thing that I think will change me going forward do, uh so how do you think the comedy has helped you in other aspects of the other things that you do such as the podcast and like getting on camera and speaking or everything everything 
like imp- I love making fun of improv. Love it. I love it. I love making fun of it. But I like making fun of myself in it, not mm. it itself. Right. People take it very seriously. Yeah. And I get it. Yeah. And it's changed in Los Angeles. I think it's changed, especially since the pandemic. A little That's bit what of a I've heard or heard. It's really, uh, it, it really has changed a lot. Still great. Still great teachers and, and, and performances and, and stuff like that. But I think, in the same way, like CrossFit and like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu <laughs> was like, I think it really kind of people realize like, do like I do I need to spend. X amount. Not that it's not worth it, but I think it just ch- changed a lot. Uh, like you know, like the IO theater now. Second City is is gone. Right. I think UCB's uh, second theater might be gone too. And you know, I, UCB was also an IOS. Uh, were were pretty much informed everything I do, and then YouTube as well because I I got like kind of on the like on the job training to act. And I did, you know, a lot of sketch at UCB and and uh, a little bit of improv, a decent amount of improv, mostly sketch and, and iOS. I mean, I got tons of stage time. I was on a team and I was teaching and coaching. And, and I mean, I'd spend 30 plus hours, whether it was interning, classes, uh, watching shows, uh, just living and breathing between UCB and IO. Wow. And I was cleaning the toilets at UCB for classes. I mean, I was so deep in it and an old person but you meet people you have a community right which yeah you probably you know yeah. you find it in in, in stand-up that's it's really hard to find absolutely um, man you get on the job kind of like you are up there and you're performing and you're learning and you're like you're watching amazing people i mean i did improv with jordan peele that's how long it's what? random stuff i mean it was like kind of like a you know they these cage matches so it'd be like one team and another team and i was on one team and Jordan Peele was still Jordan Peele. This is like mm-hmm. 2009 or okay, something yeah, like that. Yeah. But he is Jordan Peele. And I knew he was Jordan Peele. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just remember like kind of like, you know, we're doing a thing. You know, I don't know what happened. We're doing a thing. And I was just like, hey, it's Jordan freaking Peele. I was like, what is uh, it's. And I, I got to perform with like. That's pretty crazy. big, pretty decent, like big actors and big people in, in the comedy world. And. Uh, it's afforded me all of that. Every commercial mm. audition I've had, any performance, uh, podcasting, stand-up, talking to dating. Oh man, if you're an improviser and you're dating, I mean that's a whole separate thing. <laughs> but your your ability to listen, right? Yes, right, right, right. Ability to listen and the ability to pivot and switch gears and remember is just a really amazing. It's, it's a really amazing tool. Plus, there's a community where, like, you know, you dating within that, uh, which mm. is a separate. Uh, thing so yeah I mean improv and and YouTube uh, and then a little bit you know there's always a little mix in there has been informed so much uh, of what I what I've uh, done and and, and experienced and, and stuff like that and uh, yeah I mean I couldn't I, I bag on it but I, I I wouldn't be anywhere without it uh, okay um, yeah. how, what do you, what do you think the change was with the improv like why do you think it's kind of like fallen and especially in LA where I feel like Starting comedy and then people who were, when I was working in film who were actors, they all said just improv, go to improv. And then all of a sudden, it, I think it was after the pandemic where it kind of went away, right? I think before, I, you know, okay. if you want to blame the pandemic, I think before that, I just think there were so many places, so many classes. And really, yes, every agent is going to be like, make sure to take improv. And right. most, of, I mean, most commercial auditions I do, they're looking for improvisers. I've auditioned for TV shows without any acting you know, I auditioned for like Parks and Recreation in the office like a zillion times, but nice. I wasn't a good actor. Hmm. You know, they were like, "Oh, you're funny," or somebody from Modern Family saw me and they had me in, but I wasn't a good. I didn't know how to audition for 
any of that stuff. Uh, and I wish I, I put more, I had opportunities that I squandered that I'm doing now. I'm in been in acting classes, uh, which Good is terrifying you. because I'm like, you know, looking at myself on camera, nightmare. Oh my gosh, it's awful. I do. That's I can't even when people Especially edit, acting where you got to act like, you know, yeah. the character. But and at least with stand up, you're, you're kind of yourself. Oh, I hate more yourself. Too. Yeah. Like yeah. The, looking at the reels to try to make reels. I'm just kind of like, oh, God, shut up. <laughs> shut. You're so annoying, dude. Shut up please just not don't be too annoying for like 20 seconds please so it's it's a nightmare i don't know how people look at themselves and maybe they have some self-confidence but yeah I do, and i've been in so many videos um and i've done this right which, that's what's weird about it because you have like it's your whole life myself. right hate, or your hate, whole career look, hate looking do not like looking at myself we'll avoid it uh but sometimes you have to kind of see but i kind of do it like this kind of like <laughs> where my eyes are like this you know, where I'm kind of looking through myself just to kind of see where, like, the edits are. Uh, and I know if I did it more, it would help me. It would help mm -hmm. me if I did it more. I'd be better. But you know what? I'd rather uh, – I don't want to get better. I guess yeah. I just don't want to suffer. I don't want to feel bad, uh, so I'll just stay uh, mediocre. In fact, I took some of my stuff I did in San Diego, and and I kind of ran it through a thing where it does, like, a – text translates in it you know mm, yeah that's yeah. why i edit podcasts uh too by the way i edit it first via text okay uh which is weird it's a weird thing but it's been very helpful edit via text so you put the text in first i put the i upload the audio uh -huh. and then it you know translate you know kind of uh the AI trans it, right. and then i will just edit the text it's it it's a little bit of you have to it's a little bit of finessing but when i see like oh we say this four times because you know, we get oh, it right. It's like that's gone. I see. Instead of me dude. listening, going, "No, that's wrong." Edit again. Nope, that's wrong again. Edit, and it saved me uh, so much time. By the way, but I took that, and I see how many times I say "uh" mm -hmm. or "um." Yeah, not as many as I used to. Mm -hmm. it used to be a lot, so right. that has lowered. But it should be almost none, unless it's for an effect. Right. Unless I'm like, um, I don't know. I think I'm a blah blah blah. Uh, you know, unless it's that's what I, yeah. Like, you don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. It's a lot of that. Like I don't know. Um, it's that emoji. You know that emoji. It's like mm, yeah. that's my. That's it. Like that's like what I do. Uh, but I, I. That's something I learned without having to look at myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy because you do your podcasts are video, right? No, it's no, it's, it's, it's just uh, audio. We're uh, we've tried. You know what I mean. You kind of remember talking to you about mm -hmm. it, right? Right. Because I think. We've. Oh, if you want another tip on how to get, please. Uh, uh, if you are a, a podcaster and you're like, why are we not? There's probably a bunch. It could be a bunch of reasons. It could be, you know, some people are very lazy and they don't edit out a bunch of dead air or a bunch of, you know, because they're like, well, we're just talking, we're just being real. Yeah. But it's like you want the world at large to care. If you want them to care about people, like they don't know you, you know. If you want, you need to make it easy for them to listen to as much as possible. I think with conversation it's a little different mm -hmm. but if you're conveying it like a true crime thing you can't just leave in like right you have to cut that out oh <laughs> i see what you mean I see you what can't you mean. leave that yeah. in there or like um yeah and then the ghost just showed up and was like <laughs> what's up just make it easy for them to listen and don't be like hey they're just gonna have to take me for who i am yeah. this is what i do and i i see that like in facebook i'm in a lot of facebook groups mm -hmm. and facebook gold uh uh but that's where sometimes the audience where's your audience right i have Just a lot true. of audience on that are on facebook because they're old and they want to hear about old things and nostalgia and when i sell my books like facebook is and it's changed you know even tiktok and and instagram and all and all that and i rock it on linkedin you know i do um <laughs> you know, i rock that linkedin uh but 
that's one thing, but also is to find other podcasters that are in your niche, in your world. Okay. Go, I will play, either I'll mention your podcast and you mention mine, or I'll take the trailer and I'll play it in the mid, whatever, as in the, is a uh, like pre roll or a post roll or a mid roll and no find those people, you know. You might not say, hey, you you do woodworking. Please, let's cross-promote. Probably not, because the people that are interested in woodworking might not want to hear this Jew talk about you know, LinkedIn. Uh, but you find other people that like, oh, I also interview stand-ups, or I interview celebrities, or I interview comedians, uh, or I interview people that talk about, be like, hey, you want to, you know, they might want to know your numbers, and they want to know your stats, but maybe they won't you know, care because a new person's a new person. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I'm, I'm going to mention this on you know, on Ghost Town, oh, Ghost, Town Ghost Town, Ghost Town, Ghost Town, um, <laughs> that I would charge a corporation, you know, a lot of money for, but you know what I mean? Like, uh, but, but they might, because I mean, like, oh, I don't know really that much about Jason. Like, he doesn't really talk too much about himself in this. That's I would like true. to hear more, but find people in your niche, you know, usually with a similar audience, because somebody who's really huge is going to be like, well, what do I get out of it? Like, great, you're promoting me to yeah. whatever, and I have whatever. Um, but I think it, all benefits and that's really the way that that's the way to do it find people in your thing be like hey you want to do a promo swap take my trailer play it in the beginning i'll play yours in the beginning what would the trailer consist of Uh, like you know if you uh, on apple podcast or something it'll be kind of like a, a trailer for this like you like you know Hey, I'm Jesse. You know, I talk to my favorite comedians, uh, and we talk about everything in life and blah 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 blah, and how they make it and survive in Los Angeles. Check out, you know, uh, check us out every you know Wednesday uh, on Apple on Apple and Spotify and blah blah blah. Okay. It's like one of those type of things, and usually you can use like little sound bites in there of like really funny things. Okay. And sometimes they, I, ha- you know, we have them uh, on, uh, you know, I have a couple other podcasts, but we have you know these little things to be like, this is what. You might, it's a commercial. Mm-hmm. So that would be like a trailer. Well, I'd love to promote yours, dude, on this. I mean, I don't Yeah, I will take much. it. Yeah. I, will yeah. t- I will absolutely. But it's it's by two, com- I mean, we're both comedians right. by, by, you know, historically, but we talk about things that are very LA or very like, I didn't know that that happened, that weird thing happened. I didn't know they had Pizza Hut on the moon. You know, like just <laughs> stuff that I'm like, how come I didn't know about this? Right. That's so weird. Or like really dark history stuff, like something with some, a TV like I've mentioned this in the open market. There's like a, a there was a sitcom uh, in 1990 in, in the UK um, about uh, Hitler. It was a regular sitcom. If Hitler and what? Eva Braun moved next to like the Goldsteins, and it was a straight up sitcom called Heil Heil Hitler Heil Honey I'm Home. It was called. Oh that. my god! So it's dude, things no like way. that that are like, oh, that is weird that that happened, or you know, just weird inventions or things that didn't work out, or like fail, like failures. I love failures, failures in history, failures in pop culture, and weird things like that. Uh, you, that's you might you find all that on Ghost Town wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> What, so let's actually go to the failure because the, 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 obviously the name this, of, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah the name of the podcast is successful failure but like how do you view failure and how do, how does it fail has how has failure helped you in your career well you know so I a little bit I a little bit thrive on it mm-hmm. I'll take mm-hmm. it and use it you and even, amply it you, you even said you dropped out of community college five times five I, times I dropped and, out of college four times because you know. It, and it's just like that's weird. I've never actually met someone mm. like that before. But yeah. go ahead. Like, what, what does well, it mean to you? so one of my probably people talk about like some of my biggest like insecurities, and the fact that I never finished college is one of them. Not me too. Not because it, you know, you look now and you're just like nobody cares where you. Depending on what you do, like nobody cares where you went to college. Uh, you know, they care about jo- you know job experience and mm-hmm. you know uh, and, and such. But I think if I'd finished college, it'd be 
finishing what I started and would put me on a path where I would be finishing what I started instead of being like a kind of like a total screw up and like wasting a lot of time and mm-hmm. just like I just love going to I just love punk rock going to shows going to concerts is all I cared about girls no kidding, rock and man. roll you, oh yeah dude. I used to get in trouble as a kid I mean I was like got into trouble as a kid but the first time I um had a drink I was in Los Angeles at 33 years old that's Jesus. the first time you drank alcohol first, yeah 33 at 33 yeah wow what well, so why let why why'd you drink at 33 because um, I was in Los Angeles you know what I mean I was <laughs> yeah, in Los Angeles true. At, at doing improv and then also like you know then I got into like you know dating and, and, and stuff so I was never like a huge like drug or and the first time I tried pot I was also 33 and um, yeah all an improv man that improv dude. that's I mean and then I was you know it wasn't like it was I was a very kind of casual but sometimes I'd get a little loose you know what I yeah, mean yeah. Like, especially because I go to a lot of things where like it's open bar a lot of like uh after parties or a movie yeah. premiere or this event yep. and they're just yep. always just throwing stuff. I mean I was in London YouTube working out of YouTube London and just I don't know how what was going on they're just there but that's their normal drinking is my like binge drinking is there is probably their normal drinking uh, and you know I tried like a little bit of like you know little drugs nothing crazy you know what I mean like once and I was like good I'm in I'm out I tried it yeah. it was in the confines of like a relationship or something like that okay. so I got a little crazy got a little, little loose but I never uh I never. I always worry. Like, will I will get it? Will I have an addiction issue? Mm-hmm, yeah. Um. And then, mine were like food, like sugar. Like I wish, you know, what I mean, like I wish, I wish when people say like, yeah, I quit, I quit beer and I lost twenty five pounds. I was like, I don't have that. Like I don't, I, I don't have that. Right. I just want to eat like cake and stuff. <laughs> like I just always was a very uh, much heavier, not much, but a heavier person. Mm-hmm. And um. Yeah, and then a little bit, of, a little bit of uh, ambient addiction for a little bit, <laughs> a no little kidding, bit of time, dude. a little bit, a little bit, a little tiny bit. Yeah, always long time issue, uh, emotional issues with like sleeping mm. and stuff like that. Uh, but I've never really, I've been fortunate. And I think people say like, oh, I didn't realize you were fifty. It's probably partially because I didn't spend most of my life drinking. And sometimes Makes I look sense. back and I was like, I- I'm not mad that I didn't. I was straight edge uh, for the for the term. And even now, like I very seldomly do. If it's a wedding, maybe or like an drink. event. Uh, and if I if I was single, it'd be a different story. True. But I'm married, and and like, what's uh, why? Do you smoke weed at all now or no? No, no. I don't. I don't do. I would. Yeah, I never really was into um, that Adderall. I'd probably uh, like. I'd Seriously, probably, I, that'd be my thing. I've had I've had some uh, extracurricular Adderall. That would probably be my jam. No like, kidding. Yeah, Even yeah, yeah. you're already like so like ener- energetic already, dude. Yeah, but sometimes my brain is like so like uh, so. I just want that mm. like. Uh, or or if if cocaine was um, good for you I guess I'd probably but then everyone would probably do that'd be more things that I I was interested in but yeah no I mean I I I think that's maybe and I've always been like a huge vitamin person huge I mean I've been taking vitamins for since my dad like got me into like a young age like starting with Flintstones and I've been a vitamin person for pretty much almost my whole life has that made me better or healthier I I don't I'd have to live twice to find out with the same DNA and the same under the same circumstances mm, to see. see. But I feel I do feel like uh, I probably benefited from not drinking excessively I was, right. or doing like drugs excessively. And I'm not right. talking about weed. I'm not even considering. Um, mm. I just never did any of that. And then I think uh, that might be part of the reason why I could look older. But there's people that drink and do drugs and they look great too. They, That's they, true. That they is look very ama- true. They look amazing. So who? So who knows? But I think. That might have a little bit to do with um, 
my ability to be like be 50 and still like do all these things with like as much energy as I possibly can. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Where do you see yourself uh, with the comedy, dude? Is this something that you... Don't say 10 years. uh, So I think about that a lot. The thing is, is that I don't... I'll call myself a a stand-up comedian, but I really just say comedian because I think I don't... I don't put as much... The effort that it really needs that other people are putting in there. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I was a a guy who came down. He just came down. LA, boom, came down. Did two shows, went back, and then is going on tour in Atlanta. And I, yeah. I don't know if I have that kind of energy or to do. I listened to some other episodes. I know uh, Adam Fink, Fink was, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, he was, uh, you know, doing like nine. You know, he says he was up to nine. And I was like, damn. Yeah. Because I was listening for that because the reason I follow a lot of comedians, because I want to see what you're doing. I want to analyze that. Mm. And it's really it gives me that kind of like little kick that I'm like, Oh, they're out. They're all out there doing it. And it shows, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It shows they're doing, they're putting in the work and they're good and they're meeting people and they're getting bigger shows and they're taking their talent. And then they're really giving it everything. I don't, I can only give what I could give because I also do things to make money. And also I have like some development stuff. And then also, uh, you know, I, I love writing and I love auditioning. I can't, I just can't, do it all but right. i've given i used to do one open mic a week you know at some point and i was mm-hmm. like oh i could as long as i do one a week and then i realized i was like i'm never ever gonna you mm-hmm. know so now i try to at least get up whether it's a, sh- a show or whatever at least three times a week which mm-hmm. I, is nothing right it's yeah. absolutely it's a it's a you just that's start yeah. like, that's gateway that's like right. your start but i would like to do more um in different environments i'm gonna go to philly and do a bunch of shows Good there so what i've found is that like i've been able to if i'm in going someplace it's been relatively easy for me to get on you know shows i you know i ask sometimes low yeah yeah you you're from philly or you're from jersey mm-hmm. or you're from uh, you know wherever i was like you make some connections and they look and they see my instagram they're exactly, like okay this yeah. guy seems sane <laughs> he's you know he puts he's putting his work out there if we don't like it then we take we take it or leave it but he seems to you know be relatively like somebody we can have here and it won't make it any worse mm-hmm. and so i've been fortunate in, in i think in that sense uh if you don't mind me asking where it does your main source of income come is it from like the i don't want to say acting but like is it the podcast you can go or? you can do this is all you okay. want i i, I uh, this is a very um i would say uh the podcast but we put a lot back into the pot you know what i mean we mm, we put a lot got it we we spend money on advertising and you know okay like I don't know. We're doing like a, a Halloween episode. Oh, we're going to this Chateau Marmont. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah, rent, dude. Uh, that's rent, sick. Rented a whole thing. Dude, just that's spending so cool. because it's Halloween. You know what I mean? We yeah. gotta like we spend money to to you know what I mean? Put out something special. So right. um, so we're going to the Chateau. <laughs> Good. For uh, you. That's sick. Yeah, and I, I mean, I wanted to go to you know the room that you know, John Belushi. Right, uh, right, yeah. You know, uh, was in and and uh, but those rooms are very, very expensive. But we got a pretty, we got a pretty sweet room. We're gonna do some video and we're doing a whole thing for it. Um, so the, the podcast is definitely something. Uh, I work with the uh, History Channel, that's what right. I do on camera stuff, talking about. And they found me. If you want it, if you want to be found mm-hmm. being on YouTube, even if it doesn't have a lot of views, that's where a lot of people found me, talking about haunts and this and that and that's and, what producers are looking for that stuff and, and right yeah especially and it doesn't have to have right a billion now. views to have it sometimes they're like oh you know we there's not a lot of male talking heads i'll call it uh so i'm one of maybe a few compared to the amount of, of you know fe- female 
led ones. Mm-hmm. Um, totally killing. Everyone's doing such a great job. Uh, but you know they be on there. I was uh, the, remember the show Tosh Point Oh, oh yeah, kind of yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, you're so. Uh, it was a video I had, not even on YouTube, where I had a lot of views. It was on Funny or Die, which I oh, used wow, to do yeah. a lot of yeah. stuff there. Uh, and they, f- a producer found it. was like, oh, hey, we want to use this uh, on Tosh.0. And it might not have like 103 views. I don't know. Whatever it was. What? You don't know. People are constantly looking for stuff. And it could be you that they're looking for. Give them the opportunity to find you and don't worry about how many you know views it has because they might just be searching you know what i mean like whatever it is that you happen to do and they're like oh yeah he does a pretty good job at that and we could probably afford him you know what i mean uh, too they're also probably like yeah. they're probably also thinking about that they're like we could probably uh he's probably they're probably available and affordable which uh i am i mean i'm a little <laughs> there's a i mean i'm a little bit like i've raised my thing a little bit mm. uh because once you have a lot of credits, cl- credits, yeah, you can charge for speaking engagements. You right, can go to fest. And you is know, that? Do you do that as yeah, well? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's I've, awesome, I've done it. I, I've, uh, but now, yeah, we're starting to into twenty twenty four, kind of sort that out. Good for you, man. That's yeah. freaking awesome. Dude. Yeah, and and it's just stuff I enjoy. Talk. It's not like a thing where it's like. Uh, life insurance. I used to be a life insurance agent, by the way. Like, no technically, way. I worked for a marketing place in San Diego and got my life insurance license. Uh, never used it, never did anything with it. But, like, some, I just wanted to, like, I don't know, do it. I just mm-hmm. wanted to get that, like, a license. I took, like, the test to get the life insurance license. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just these little things that I would, like, these little risks, these little things that you do that, like, it's difficult, it's hard. But the more you do it, the more confident you'll be in doing the next thing because I'm sure. terrified every time I get up on stage every single time I don't time, see it dude I really every don't see it single the improv not as much but a little bit every single time I'm sitting there my heart rate thing is like going and that's not a joke like I'm watching because I think every it's like everyone's kind of has a gun pointed at each other like everyone's a little bit nervous everyone's self-conscious right. but no one else cares everyone no. else is being supportive right and it's all for, but that's the agreement we've kind of all made uh but yeah i'm terrified every time i i get up and 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 do something once i'm up there uh, i'm not not so not as much not Mm -hmm. so much because i've never really like bombed but it's only because i've never taken a risk to bomb Mm. so i've never is you know there's some open mics that nobody's i've done right no nobody's cared and i get that but i've never i can't say that i've ever bombed because I'll take jokes that I know that have worked, wow. right? I, I'm I, and, and I'm not taking that many risks, and because I'm just, I'm afraid of that because I'm so old and fragile that I don't know if I can bounce back. Well, do you think that your experience over the weekend is going to change that at all? Your approach to stand up? Definitely, because it's almost like you know when you sometimes you go to if you go to therapy, it's like, did I get anything out of therapy? I don't know, but I went to therapy. I did work. Uh. I, I feel like you know it's uh, it's like getting a vaccination, not any vaccine. Just pick one. <laughs> just pick a vaccination. I don't care. But the thing is, I got the shingles vaccination. That's that's non that's not uh, like a, a touchy subject, right? Because I don't want to get the shingles, and I'm old. Now I'm gonna go out in the world and never. Or gonna worry very little about getting the shingles. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what they are. Yeah, I don't know. I have no Good. idea what the shingles Good. are. <laughs> you don't need to know. You're too young. To live. I don't Go even get know. Outside. Get outside. Get outside. Get off your phones. Um, no, bring your phones uh, and watch uh, and listen to my stuff and Jesse's stuff. Um, but it's this thing where it's like I put in the work, so I feel like I've given myself a little bit of this confidence to be like. I'm a little bit more protected. Like I'm a little more going there more confidently mm-hmm. and do that. And that's what all these 
these little things, these little risks that I take do. Sometimes I'll do mics like like a, a more like a LGBTQ mic that's mm-hmm. more for that and, and for allies. And I do it because I want to see does any of my stuff translate. Right. And I'm not an you know I don't even curse. Right. Uh, true. In my car, I'm screaming yeah. and yelling, but um, <laughs> but uh, I'm like I hate my you know what I mean. I just say them all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't. I just I choose to be a, a clean ish comic mm-hmm. because I feel like if I go too far out, I won't be able to come back. You know, if I start, you know, that's true. Think, I, that's I, happened to me before, dude. It's 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 hard to to rein in, and I feel like if I'm clean, I could do more. You know, it's uh, it's like a bit of a strategy. I've done some clean shows, and if maybe if they want like a, a clean comic of this, you know, kind of type. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I just um, yeah, I just you know, don't take many risks. I've taken more of them, but I've never actually bombed. But it's it's not because I've been so good. It's just because. I, I wasn't I wasn't like really really truly putting myself out there to have the chance to bomb. It's like asking out somebody that you know they like. They know that you're into you. Yeah. They know you're gonna say yes. Right. So you go that route because you know you will not get turned down. Instead of being like, I feel like there's something, but she could say no. Right. And I I don't choose that route at, as much. And maybe uh you know I'm kind of learning to do that. A little bit more and then just being like it's okay and i'm just mm-hmm. watching good people be like okay cool we'll just move on you won't remember it nobody cares yeah, exactly nobody cares like, i wake up in the middle of the night and i'm kind of like you idiot you just wasted everyone's time you're so annoying stop stop wasting it stop being so annoying stop being so obnoxious to everybody in the you know in the middle of the night where like your all your defenses are down uh that's been me like pretty much forever but then i go and i do it and i get like relatively po- i gotta be honest i've been getting relatively positive feedback Ever since I started doing this, I think because I'm unique in a little bit of a sense. I'm a little bit older, so yeah. I don't uh, I stand out a little bit. Uh, whereas other people see somebody's like, "Oh, we know that's what you should be like. Mm. We know this is like your thing. It's not that good compared to the other person." Mm. But there just aren't as much of me to be like, "Oh, you're not as funny as that other person." Mm. It's you know, like early when I was doing improv in San Diego, somebody was like, "Oh, you know, you remind me of Steve Carell." This is in oh, like 2007, yeah. Okay. Yeah. early, that. early, and that's, you know how huge that yeah. is? And I'm, I love compliments. Love yeah. them. Not good getting them. I, here's my, I'm like this, like my whole thing, but it's not because I'm like, oh, just I'm so humble. No, I want them. Yeah. I want, yeah. I want them, but I'm just not comfortable taking um, uh, compliments yeah. at all. So even in anything, I know sometimes people are just being like, just being supportive and stuff like that. And. And I'm supportive too, but I think everyone's great. I mean, everyone does something. I was like, oh, that's pretty funny. Um, yeah, we do that, right? right yeah, we're absolutely, che- we're, absolutely. We're checking everyone I've, is like, you know. I've gotten more comfortable with compliments. I'm not going to lie. I, I used to, like I said, I used to work in film. And whenever someone would say something about my film, I'd be like, yeah, but I see, you know, like the like the blemishes of what I made. And right. Like doing the podcast, doing the stand up. I'm not saying that there are no blemishes, but it's just like, you got to appreciate because so much work you put into it. Know. You know what I mean, man. So you got like you got those little wins. You got to accept. And those. they're not looking at it in the same way you're looking at it. They mm. don't know. They don't know what they don't know. Mm. There's movies that we probably love to watch. Teachers we love to watch, and mm. the, the people that are making them were like that. That's you know, true. That that's shouldn't have been true. like that. I was like, no, that's. And it breaks your heart to hear it too. Yeah, that's very when you're true. like, oh, I hated this song, and I was like, this song meant so much to me how can you tell me so it true. sucks right uh and i feel like that's yeah that's the, that's the 
I guess, I don't know, that's the, the, the problematic version of ourselves kind of self-editing and like self-reviewing. Mm, you know, we're just constantly mm-hmm. self No one's asking for a review. It's like that's I get true. up there, it's like, this is only going to be two stars because I suck. No, but like we don't, it's for us to say if it's not for you to give the review of mm, yourself. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, do you get nervous when you go on like the History Channel and stuff like that? I do because I one I'm very self conscious on how I look because mm. it's the History Channel. There's you know, a lot of you know there's some weird that's true a lot yeah, of weird, weird a lot of free <laughs> ancient aliens free, and see, you know it's it's a bit yeah. of a, but and no nobody cares nobody's looking but I'm self conscious of it mm-hmm. because it's my face and head so prominent sometimes my whole big head is filling up the screen I'm like Ugh. it's like it's like look at their YouTube channels like why is my why am I the thumbnail. <laughs> Anything else? Put it's like Samuel L. Jackson's the host. Put him. You know what I mean? I doing. I have a third show that I did that's coming out next year with Sam L. Jackson. Samuel Jackson no did one. Is Pierce Brosnan is another show, no and uh, just because there's some press there. Dan Aykroyd's the host of a, the no third show. No way, yeah, yeah. dude. Did, did you meet those people? No. They probably film it like you yeah, know, like true. this in their true. own. You know, because they come out there and it's like 1977. You know what I mean? Yeah. The world was different. You know, um, in their in their way, but. Uh, I also is because there's so much text, and sometimes I'm reading off a prompter, or sometimes uh, I'm I know the thing, but they need to feed because it needs to be delivered in a way that's, that's understandable. Yeah, it's just it can't be. Sometimes it can't. It, it, you have to say it in the present tense. There's just so many things. So oh. there's just some point where I was like, I can just tear this place apart. I'm so freaking frustrated. It's not, the, and the producers are producers of like reality or any of these like uh, you, it's a re- essentially reality show right right i i don't know how they do it they're just like they and they're just like you don't realize how bad you're not like you don't realize how bad it could be it's like going to a therapist i'm like am mm. i the worst i remember asking a therapist i was like am i like she's like you're at the bottom end of like not be, like you 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 don't know how not bad you are uh so when sometimes I think like, oh, this is the worst. I've had to say this line ten times. Like you don't, it could be so much worse, and that's why we keep calling you back oh. because you do. We think you do a good job, relatively speaking. You might think you're doing a bad job, but you don't. You're. It's not for you to say. It's for right. you to come here and do it, and us to pay you. What? What would? How? <clears throat> how long did it take for you to start getting these bigger gigs uh, after you started like the podcast and like going into this niche of? paranormal stuff when i was doing youtube in the in the throes of it like i'd say 2010 to like 2013 Mm -hmm. 14 going to 15 not hard very i mean it was like i was going to i went to switzerland to a film festival damn with other youtubers i have nothing to do with film and most of the other people didn't have anything to do with film either we're just all in zurich switzerland i'm learning how to make chocolate and like we're going to i saw la la land there it was like wasn't out yet and uh but now it's like I've really I've made a decision to reinvent myself in a way and refocus myself. And then I did it again at, at during the pandemic. Like during the pandemic, I was like, either I'm going to be an act, either you're an actor, or you're not an actor. You're going to either going to go to classes and learn how to do it and get the new headshots mm-hmm. and, and, and audition and do get the self tape thing done. Or you're not doing it at all. Mm-hmm. Like stop half in half out which is very easy for me to do mm. and be like i don't know improv i can no it's it's not it's either all or nothing and i've gone all or nothing probably since right when the pandemic started mm-hmm. i mean i started working before that i was working on my books and stuff but i mean i've been just the whole time getting like my head in check my like health in check and being like really really focused and kind of learning and knowing the lay of the land and then just constantly 
moving forward, but understanding it's like I can't I can't give stand up one hundred percent or whatever hundred percent is. Mm-hmm. I know it's not everyone's a hundred percent, but I can't give it that I can't give it that hundred percent. But I can give my hundred percent of it hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. But it's way less than it, it should be, and I I I don't think I'll ever be a very successful stand up comedian as it's as we all know it and it's defined, but I think I can find my place in it right. and enjoy it. And, you know, can, can I maybe get a, like make a 15, 20 minute special? I think I could. Mm-hmm. I think I could. I mean, I know, you know what I mean? Like I'm very, a very well-connected person over the last 20 years. That's true. That's, I used to be that person that like Jason Horton knows, I guarantee he knows people connect and people still reach out to me. He's like, I know you have connections and you know, I still, I always, cause I'm, easy to work with uh i'm not a flake um and that, yeah that's the biggest thing in yeah, hollywood and, dude and the, the fir- first time i stepped on set is just own up to your shit mm-hmm. and always show up on time and don't yeah. like you know what i mean like don't be a flake please and thank you and yeah, right. you know, yeah sometimes things don't run smoothly and sometimes you get like whatever but i produced out of the youtube space and i was you know got to use all their i mean it was like when red cam it was like red cameras it was a black uh black magic black mag yeah. i mean to make these stupid youtube they're just like yeah use all this stuff and i was like what oh yeah in the, it was in Marina Del Rey, like the the YouTube space. What? I was, we were doing crazy stuff. I remember one time I was there and I was standing next to um, what's the, I can't remember her name. She's on that uh, Only Murderers in the Building uh, with Steve Martin. What oh, is her? um, Selena Gomez. So, yeah, I was just like standing next to Selena Gomez. We're just like both there, and I'm like, hey, and she's like, hey. It's just like a weird like thing. Like it was just like this weird wow. thing where they would just throw money at creators to like make sketches where it basically kind of be like on a, I'd be on a date and they're type sketches it, and they're like it seems like you're so successful why the fuck are you doing comedy <laughs> <laughs> I would probably be a really good um producer or like agent manager or developer which I do really have a lot of interest in because I feel like I can kind of like put those pieces together but also it's like I don't know I want my creative stuff out there and it's like you know it's like it's you can't wait to say, hey, do you want to do a podcast about success and failure? You can't wait for that because no one's going to just know that you want that or going to offer you that. So you have to put it out there, mm-hmm. shove it in their faces mm-hmm. until there's like, oh, yeah, we would like more of that or we would like to give you money to have like a little piece of that. And they they will. You know what I mean? They yeah. will. But if it, it's got to be out there for you to do that. Right. Dude, that's crazy, man. I had no idea. Like you were... I have, there's things I can't even, there's so many things that I've done, weird, random things that I've been involved with that I can't even like, it doesn't, it couldn't fit in one of these podcast episodes. It's not because it's so like amazing, but like, it's just because I've been alive right, for right, so true, long to actually true. do it. That's wild, dude. Cause like me, I, I've, I've written scripts, feature mm-hmm. films that went to production houses and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Obviously with the strike and everything, everything's mm-hmm. kind of slowed down. So I kind of had to pivot somewhere. Um, but yeah, what, what has made you so, um, like just staying with it, like staying motivated to stay with it, especially because it's something in film, dude, where it's always failure after failure after failure. You know what I mean? Not even failure. It's just you're getting just almost pushed aside almost. Mm-hmm. What's motivation for you to keep doing it? So, oh, sorry, I just touched your leg. You're weird. No, <laughs> it's not weird at all. Uh, <laughs> here we go. Um, uh, I think what has been my benefit has also been a detriment to me is I've always been someone who realized I can't just do, I need to do that. And be that because I'll always be of value. I'll always be employed, whatever that means. And I'll always have something to do where, you know, it's like I'm an actor. I'm an actor and I just act. I don't even do commercials. I only act. I only do guest stars and up, even though I don't know. And and if that doesn't work out, well, 
it's going to be, I'm going to go back to Iowa or wherever. No mm-hmm. offense to Iowa. I was great. Um, but for me, I always realized from, you know, especially when I got into YouTube, it's like, and I put a lot of values, like, did I have a good improv show? Did I, did I have a callback for commercial? And I put all my value in that. And I realized it's oh. very, very limiting. Yeah. So I always made sure I was kind of into a bunch of different things. Wearing multiple hats. Wearing multiple hats. But also when you sit down with someone, it's like, so what, what are you into? What do you want to do? And it's like, well, I do everything. It's like, well, we don't know how to market that. Right. So I've had some stuff with some big, you know. Right. If I was like really just like, I just, uh, I mean, you know, I just, you know, my movie is like the only thing that I'm really, I wish, and I thought that was helpful to be able to do all those things, but certain people are just like, no, 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 no. We want to know what is it we can focus on. And it was sometimes it was stand like they were just like, Can we see you do stand up? Big, big agents. And I was like, I don't do stand up. They're like, What the fuck? Yeah. It's like, oh, can we just read your pilot? I was like, I don't have a uh, I don't have a 30 minute pilot. I just didn't have those things that I could have I, I might not be here talking to you. I might be flying dude, around on a freaking wow. private jet. Yeah. How do you get in the room with people like this, dude? Is it just you You've just been putting yourself out there, and they just come to when you. When you're when you have a lot of views on YouTube, and it, they're at a point where they're like, "How do we?" It's just like the way music is, like the punk or like the indie stuff or like grunge, where they're just like, "We're just corporate heads. Like we just want to scoop up as many of these freaks as mm. we can. Hopefully, we find the next Nirvana or Green Day or whatever." Right. Right. Uh, so it was, a, I think, a little bit like that because when I when the, you know sometimes you're like, "Hey, you want to do my do my thing?" And somebody's like, well, "Show me what you've done." He's like, "I haven't done it yet." With YouTube, it's like. You know what I do, oh, and right. I've proven that it gets a lot of views. I remember I did a, a produced a commercial for um, whoever did the the Nook. What was the Nook? The was Nook? it? I forget the, who, it's like a movie. The, no, the remember like the it was like a tablet that you. Oh read. yeah, that's I right. I forget who. That's right. That. I don't know. Microsoft. Let's pretend it's Microsoft. Uh, pitched a commercial for Microsoft, and then in the I mean in the room, and then they were like, "Well, how do we know? You know, this is going to get." And I literally pulled up one of my videos and I pointed to the number and I sat down. I was like, "That's how I know. That's how I know it'll be successful." That's boss, dude. Yeah, that is I was. So uh, boss. But because I proved, I proved it. I don't right. need. To, I don't need you to take my word for it. It's out there. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. I've proven it many, 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 many times. I mean, I produced the thing with uh, Yahoo and College Humor that like. Lindsay Lohan was supposed to be in, but we had a negotiating thing with her. Oh, of course. Um, and those people that went to produce that went to produce like a, a bunch of great stuff and didn't bring me along. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but I've just made a lot of, you know what I mean? Like made a lot of, you know, really cool things and I've been able to prove it, you know, pr- show me, prove it. And I think it's easier to get people to do something when they see proof of concept, right? right you probably right. know if you have like a, oh, yeah, I have a good idea for a movie. It's like, well, what yeah. do you have? It's like nothing. I just have the yeah, log line yeah, in my head. It's like, course. no, at least show me some, mm-hmm. you know, a, like a, a short pitch, film or a pitch deck yeah, or right, whatever that right. is. Lookbook. And when you say, hey, how do we know this is going to be, there's going to be an audience, they want your audience, or can you relate to an audience? And if you could show them that you can, uh, I think that's, it's very, very powerful. And you don't have to, I don't need to convince you. I've, I, I've, already proven it i wish you had the same confidence on stage brother (laughs) i do yeah oh yeah i mean there's a sometimes when it comes to things i've done things where when it came to like what's fun like funny as far as like um just working in the world and i'm i would say i was like no 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 you don't understand you're not i'm not interested in what you think i'm here to tell you what's funny i'm I'm here to tell you what works Mm. i'm like this is you're getting this wrong i'm not interested in what you think is funny because you know you're like a suit, you know what I mean? Right, like essentially right. like a suit. Yeah. Even though we're probably like the same age or they're younger, I was like, I'm not. You don't understand. I'm here to tell you what's fun. Right. 
And I would take a very, uh, very hard line. Yeah, like on a hard that. stance. Well, because it's like this is what I think is funny. I've proven that this works. What you just have the an check, idea. Uh, yeah, you just have like a or like you know, it's like what does Foot Locker want? You know, I did a thing with Foot Locker, mm-hmm. a video. I remember having the meeting. And they're like, we want it to be dodgeball. I was like, cool, that's fun, that's funny. They're like, but no one can get hit with the dodgeball. And I was like, I was in fact, no one could get like hit with like no one could. I was like, well then. But we want it to be funny. But do whatever you want. It's a lot of that. Do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Hey, listen. Whatever. You, except yeah. <laughs> make sure it's we suggest things that take all the funny out of it. It's, right. Except for that, it's whatever you want, dude. Yeah. It's, it's a, you know you see those things on TV like people. It is like that. There's a lot of people. You know maybe it's changed now where mm-hmm. they are a little more like carte blanche with it. But um, but then yeah they don't they want it to be like hey whatever you're you're the you know you're the funny man except can you please have the brand you know what i mean can right. you please take everything and i've worked with nintendo all these brands they always have a thing where they're mm-hmm. like oh you can't blah 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 and it's like well that's what you but you want it to be good and you want it to get a lot of views but you're taking everything away mm-hmm. to not make it so yeah i do sometimes have a very like i have a little bit of an ego about it, especially back then, and I was just like, I know what works. I've done the math. <laughs> I've mm-hmm. crunched the numbers. You haven't. You have no experience mm-hmm. in it. You don't know. You, you you literally don't know. You're just. It's just your job. Yeah, exactly. To like yeah. do this thing and to hire people. Yeah, and I was like, I'm not interested in what you think right. is funny and interesting. I'm here to tell you what it is, and that's that's the bottom line. Dude, I love that about yeah. you, Jason. That's freaking awesome, man. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I wish you had this confidence on stage. Dude. It's, it's, it's yeah. I mean, I'm pretty when it comes to like you owe me, <laughs> if you owe me money or you're saying something that I like mm, that mm. it's. I mean, I almost told someone I was gonna come to San Francisco and go to his show up at his office because he owed me $50. And it wasn't because of the money. It wasn't the it's money. It's a principle. It was the principle. It's a principle I was like, you don't, you don't understand. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get blown up. If you forgot, it takes time. I get it. Yeah. Whatever. But don't treat like whatever. Because you you know, you know got paid. I'm $50 is an exaggeration. Right, but yeah. like, you, you got paid. You got paid. I've been in that. It's like, you got paid. You got paid. You got paid. You got paid. I didn't, why am I the only one not getting paid? Of course you don't care. I was like, Shit. I'm not, I'm, I'm going to get paid and I'm going to be a relentless animal until <laughs> get it like I, that's what i was like because i felt like i was and it's like, in, like an insult like you should like, try to bring this on stage bro Cause especially because like you have you know you have the kind of like that pushover kind of you right 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 right. and then you just talk about this i yeah. think that'd be great for you dude yeah. that's a great like you know what this like a misdirection almost you know right yeah i think it's great yeah i uh yeah you don't want it i mean i'm you don't want to don't bring that side of me back out no, no. i i said i wasn't gonna no <laughs> I said one never do it again me. yeah <laughs> that in my rap career you know they said that i was I said I would. They said I left that behind me, but they they're gonna pull me back in. Um, we're gonna close it out here soon, but I I wanted to ask you because, I like I said, I used to do a lot of behind mm-hmm. the camera stuff, and now that I started comedy and this podcast, I'm seeing myself kind of where you are at right now, mm-hmm. where I can wear multiple hats, be on camera, and, and I actually, like I said, see myself being on camera and doing the things that you do, like talking about what you're interested in. Mm-hmm. What would be your suggestion for me to kind of keep pushing? to get to that like am i doing the right things right now with the podcast and the stand-up is there anything else i should could sprinkle in well i think there's things that you can automatically bring that other stand-ups don't have i mean you you i would imagine that if somebody's like hey um i want to record a 30 minute special for myself Mm -hmm. you could do that right you could do not just because you could do that no no you could do that because that's what you do. Like you have a technical, you have a creative, you're on both sides mm. of it. You could be outside of it and you could be inside of it. And you also know 
how to probably facilitate that and make that happen where plenty of other people mm. can't do that. Or, you know, yeah, you can find somebody that, you know, maybe that did music videos, but you want somebody that's like, no, you know, you need to know me. You've seen me every week. Like, what do we need? Like, well, multi angles, where should we do it? And, and then you know, you have a vision for that. And I feel like that's something that you have that probably other people wouldn't have because you have that experience. Mm -hmm. I don't have that. I mean, I don't have that the same experience. I mean, I wouldn't know. Like, I couldn't help. I could never direct somebody's thing. Mm -hmm. I just don't, because I'm just not, you know what I mean? I think that's something you could, that one thing that you could do that other people can't, mm -hmm. you know? And in I, terms of output and content, what do you think? Uh, Am I doing the right thing right now? Or is there anything, should I be doing skits? Or I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, yes, always podcasting. I mean, that's like almost like a, right. <laughs> it's like everyone has a podcast. Mm -hmm. We always have to be doing stand up because you always have to be creating comedy and always have to be like kind of finding your voice, kind of finding right. what, what do I think is funny? Mm -hmm. What, you know, what do I want to put out there? And you can't do that without this. And yeah, obviously things like skits and stuff like that, but you also have to know, like know what. You can't just do it because you're like, oh, everyone's doing freaking yeah, right? skits. Yeah. And sometimes the ones that I've realized over the years, I've put out video. I put out videos like, oh my god, they're gonna love it. <laughs> Nobody cares. Something that I just kind of, I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll just do this really quick and we'll just throw it up. That one of those videos was one of those videos that we worked on, and I think it has a hundred million views. What, dude? And we were just kind of like, yeah, oh, we have two sketches, and we'll do this one. It's like, ah, okay, we're done with this one. You want to just bang out this other one? Yeah. Holy crap! A hundred million. And how short are these these skits that you do? Well, well, this was back, you know, back in the YouTube days. But that was, you know, I mean, I didn't three, two, three minutes. It was Damn, very short dude. then. It wasn't like where it was like this long vlogging where it's like, mm -hmm. watch me eat like right. the largest pizza, right. which is great. Yeah, listen, that's a great thing, and it's you it's know, a niche. For, it's a niche. It's for you know kids or people that just want to be entertained. But yeah, it was sometimes the things that you think like. <laughs> they're gonna, I mean, you've probably gone on a stage oh, yeah. and that. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, boy, you're going to love this. And it's just kind of like, yeah. Yeah. And then you say something else, and then that is a throwaway, and then people are laughing. That's true, They're like, yeah. wait, hold on. I almost need somebody to keep, please keep track on the things that are, like, working and right. why and what. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a little bit, there's, like, a little bit of that. But, yeah, you want people to see what you, what you think is funny as both a production person, if that's what you're interested in. Like, see mm -hmm. this, see my vision. See how I do these things. Even like, I, I mean, I asked you about your... Yeah, I which is asked, wild, dude, that you asked me because I went on your shit and I was like, what the fuck is he asking me for? The thing is, I saw I saw something that I liked and I was like, I want to know how that's done uh, because I saw that as being a way to see something that is, I think, the way it should be seen. Mm -hmm. It's just, I, I just believe it worked. I could have found other people. I could have asked... You know, I've had people have like they're like kind of split whatever they have their right. podcast and stuff like that. But for mm -hmm. some reason, I just there was something about this where I was like, I want to know, and I asked you for. I wasn't asking you to like just for polite chit chat. Mm -hmm. I was like, I wanted, I wanted info. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you need to uh, take what you think is funny and interesting and get it out there. But also, if production or like if you're if you're a visual person, if you have a a, a vision, you need to be able to show that too, mm. not. Hey, this is really funny. Sorry, the lighting's you know. Yeah, sorry, the yeah, lighting. Yeah. Sorry, the lighting and sound. And there's no, you know what I mean. There's like no thing to it. Uh, then that's not going to help you either. But also having a lot of gloss and no meat is is not going to be helpful either. Right, so yeah. it's also like I've found what I find funny and interesting, but also that I can replicate. 
I can never run out. I'll never run out of this. I've been doing it for so right. long, and I'm just very good at being me. I see. I'm very, I I'm very, see. very good at be, being me, and I do know that there's other people that I don't think can. There's a lot of me types out there, mm-hmm. you know, but look, I don't run into many of them right. in, in stand-up. There's just not as many, so I don't, where I'm sure other people like, oh, man, I see this dude, I'm like, hot dude, he's a tall dude, he's got good hair. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, I don't ever see that. Like, I, in commercials, I do mm-hmm. all the time. Commercial auditions, mm-hmm. all the time. Right. But outside of that, I don't see that a lot. So on stage, like, how many me's have you seen in a show? Probably not many, no, you know if, what I mean? If any. Yeah, if, yeah, you know what I mean? So... I, I feel very fortunate in that, so um, it's very easy for me to say, but that's also, I'm also, the trade-off is an uh, old person, <laughs> you know, which I'd rather be younger and one of a million, but that's okay. Uh, but yeah, I think it's just, what do you think is, what's y- your personal thing that you could replicate that is really you, and also you can show with the comedy, like the tone and the comedy, and then also the visual. Right. I think you just find a way to really, I mean, everything you put out, should you have to test the water sometimes? Absolutely. Mm-hmm, like right, I don't know, if it, right. but don't just throw garbage out there right. and leave it up there. Exactly. If if you don't want it to, if you think it's a bad representation of you, unless it hits for some, you know, if it hits and you're like, oh, this isn't really me. I usually don't do like yeah. this. If I did like a sex joke, right, and it did well, I'd leave it up there because mm-hmm. it's like it's okay. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I don't. It's I'd rather you. it be like something. That I'm not going to do a lot of that, but I'm also not going to stop that from happening so yeah just like be that you know be that everything's a business card in in Mm. that sense i love that you said that because when i started comedy in this podcast it's just i've been doing it out of my heart dude like i I was very selfish before this right like i i'm gonna be a director i'm gonna Mm. be the next martin scorsese of las vegas Mm. you know what i mean and ever since i got out of that man it's just been i've been having so much fun lately more fun than i ever did with kind of like the stuff i was doing with film yeah. which is it's weird to say because i thought that was going to be my whole life well, it's, but, it's so much more out of your control like you're picking something you know you want to be right, the Martin scorsese of, right, of las vegas right that's a lot of that is most of that is out of your control right i mean you can the best you know the best script the best thing and it's never been done whatever it most of it's out, out, out of your control where this is you're just right. you're in control of it you control what you put out there and you can you can create your own narrative and all that and and keep kind of like tweaking and moving and it's what you have to do you have to keep kind of reanalyzing your stuff right just at a point where you're like i got this yeah keep getting keep, better making, keep tweaking yeah. keep going so you know like when adam talked about going he's not going nine times because he's like i'm already i already feel like i'm the best in the world mm-hmm. he's like no i want i'm hungry i want to keep getting better and better and better and and you know keep and keep going with that and constantly reevaluating yourself. I'm sure that, I mean, listen to some, you know, Joe was on here and <laughs> he's one of the people, honestly, if it wasn't for him, I don't know. He was when fourth wall is one of the earliest mics I did. Mm-hmm. And you know, he was very cool, very yeah. open, you know, love punk rock. So I was right. like, I oh, love okay. that. And if I didn't have something like the fourth wall up in, in NoHo, uh, when I first started doing it and when I got back into it, that's the first place I went. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I so I owe like any place is cool. Like, just a great dude. So I'd let you know, I listen to him. his thing. I love Joe. He's dude. such a good, he's a, he's like, has a good mind for business mm-hmm. and he's a hustler, but not a grifter. Mm. That's mm. what I really like about him. Like he, you know, he's not like exploitive. He's just like, listen, I'm providing this space to do this and I'm opening things up and doing things. And it's not like a, you know what I mean? It's not like a gr- grift. Right. Yeah. It, but you know, he's a hustler, but yeah. also he provides like a really great space. And if it wasn't for him um, and he's funny as hell, you know what I mean? Like he really kind of like, I don't know. He just knows what he's doing, and right. I know he bet he's down on himself too. But I was like, I want to hear more about your band, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Frankly, I don't know. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I just have to. 
you know, places like the oh, we wouldn't be talking right now, maybe. Exactly. Fourth no, wall. Exactly. If dude. this was like some other, I don't ha ha ha, which mm-hmm. is another great place. Right. But I don't know if we'd be having this conversation. I don't you know think. What so. I mean? Yeah. If no, the environment is as much for. It's more welcoming, dude, and it feels like like he creates this environment where every it's like it's a community. Yeah. Right, like where you, I go to other open mics, I'm like, what the fuck is this, dude? Where am I at? And you could be, you know, you could be uh, um, socially a middle of the road. You could be like a right or a, a left, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. still not feel like you know you're, you know, it's like oh, right? I got to go in there. True, it's a battle dude. because there's some places That's that so I'm kind of like I won't. Go, it's just too. It's too. I mean, it's right. just too rough for me. And there's probably other some places that are like they don't want to see a 50 year old white guy. Even with my liberal views, they're probably like, you know what? And and for me, it's like, you know what? You're right. It should be a space for for somebody else with like mm-hmm. a, a you know a, a young. I'm happy to get out of the way that you know for for new voices and 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 progress and such. But fourth wall is a great place where if like I told you, anytime it's like, hey, what kind of mics I. It's always fourth wall and one other place is back up, just in case for some reason agree, it gets wild. Um, but it's always fourth wall and I throw another place in there mm-hmm. because um, I just need to put that in there, put that out there. Well, dude, I'm going to cap it right here. Jason, thank you so much thank for you. coming on, yeah. brother. Let's let the people know where they can find you on the socials. Uh, I My Instagram is the Jason Horton, and you could find me a podcast called Ghost Town. And I think, oh, I, I do have a, a website, uh, thejasonhorton.net. I've set up so many okay. websites over the years, and I keep losing the domain names, <laughs> and they turn them into, like, gambling things. But I think it's thejasonhorton.net, and Instagram, thejasonhorton, and uh, podcast is Ghost Town. I'll, and I'll link those in below, as I always do. Jason, again, brother, I appreciate you thank coming you on. Me. And thank you, everyone, for listening and watching. Thank you. Bye.